Peace, and welcome to the Tailored Healing Collective Podcast. This is a space for, but never limited to, people of color. We're discussing sacred plant medicine, pregnancy, parenthood, and more. You know, there's such a stigma on who can open the floor for conversation on these topics that are viewed as taboo or even inappropriate. This fact alone has made so many become fearful of the very thing that could help us rebuild families, create our own businesses, and most importantly, trust our role in this world as future ancestors. So wherever you are, take a cleansing breath and do your best to listen with an open mind, heart, and spirit, and let love lead the way. I'm your host, Taylor. Hey, welcome back to the Tailored Healing Collective podcast. Today, I have a special guest with me. Her name is Maria, also going by the Psychedelic Megana on Instagram. I'm going to let her introduce herself and a little bit about what she does. Maria, would you like to share with us today? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Taylor, for having me on your podcast. I appreciate it so much, and I really appreciate all the work that you're doing and the platform that you're building for our community. Um, My name is Maria Robles. I am from Michoacan, Mexico. That is where my roots are. I was born and raised in California, and I live on the coast in Ventura. And uh, right now, the highlight of my journey is going through the vital program, which is uh, a psychedelic training program that is put on by Psychedelics Today. And I am uh, connecting and building my sense of platform, especially for the community that I'm from, which is uh, first-generation Mexican-Americans and building the bridge between our roots and the obstacles that come about from being first-generation Mexican-Americans. Wow, so can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah. Yes, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I went to school. I did, I, I majored in holistic health, and throughout my college career, I studied a lot about uh, psychedelics. So any chance I got to uh, do a research paper or presentation for my class, It was always around psychedelics, and I was not able to find a modality that encompassed the root or finding the root of problems until now that psychedelic education and training is coming more into the accessibility for people. And that is what I am creating my niche and my expertise to be in. And the market that I'm wanting to service is is my community, is Latin communities, um, first-generation Mexican-American communities. Wow. So are there, I'm curious, are there any specific medicines that are indigenous to your community that you use within your studies or that you may just use within your own practices? Yes, I primarily use um, psilocybin mushrooms and I am in the works with helping uh, my friends retreat in Oaxaca, Mexico. 
She is Azalea on Instagram, Vibrational Healing with Azalea. I'll be visiting her this year, 2022, uh, partially as a requirement for the vital psychedelic training program. So it's 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 a requirement for me to to participate and work with her in in the retreat setting. So it'll be a, a five day three ceremony retreat that I will be serving and also participating in. So psilocybin mushrooms are indigenous to um, Mexico, Maria Sabina. You know, we love her and appreciate her so much. And the, the funny thing about the community that I want to serve is Mexico was, you know, colonized and a lot of us uh, were raised Catholic. And so the Mazatec tribe that Azalea works with, uh, the Mazatec, Mazatec tribe does use Catholic symbols and some Catholic practices in their psilocybin retreat ceremonies because it is still psilocybin mushrooms are part of the Mexico um, culture. But because we were colonized, they use Catholic symbolism and practices in their ceremonies also. So it's it's like bridging the gap between you know, our roots are, are mushrooms, psilocybin mushrooms, but we were also raised Catholic, Christian, but we were also immigrated into the United States. So it's like there's an intersect, there's a unique intersection for us that are in the psychedelic space. Wow. Yes. I want much respect to you for getting to carry on these practices, not just in the studying form, but also implementing it in your own life. So being that this is indigenous to your own community, may I ask what some of your first experiences were like integrating, working with psilocybin? Yeah, absolutely. So I, one of the biggest experiences that I had with psilocybin, I guess the most impactful is actually um, taking it in small doses to pull myself out of a depressive, uh, stage that I was in during college. And it was like a three or four month period where I navigated a small dose for myself. And I went against my psychiatrist who, who wanted me to go on, um, on Prozac. Mm -hmm. He wanted me to take Prozac and, uh, he, he, he was upset when I told him that I wouldn't take the medicine and that I would continue, um, having mushrooms. And ultimately that's what helped me very much get out of that whole, um, stage. Wow. And did you continue care with him after? No. <laughs> No, <laughs> it was like two sessions with the psychiatrist and it, it was, um, it was just clear to see the, the unfortunate reality sometimes with the, 
with pharma and prescriptions. And uh, fun fact, I, I actually started right out of high school. I became a pharmacy technician. So, so my first dive into wellness was, you know, figure, okay, well, medications help people, right? Quote unquote, right? They help people. They're supposed to help people. So I found myself as a pharmacy technician. And then very soon after, uh, I realized how, how unfortunate it really is. And with along with other experiences, like my mom almost passing away and then finding herself um, into her own healing journey with holistic health, that's how I ended up with the, in the holistic health realm and now more specifically with psychedelics. Wow. And how do you feel it has impacted your community and beginning this work? Well, what I'm seeing in my community right now is millennials wanting to find relief and not, but not being sure how to go about it. And because we were raised in a culture where m- mental health isn't really a thing, we are raised to, hey, you have, a, you have a roof over your head and you have food on your plate, you're fine, you're good, go, go grind. And I could say Spanish um, curse words for how we we're raised on how to just go on and get it done. You have food on the table, so you're fine. Um, but yeah, there's just, there's, there's cultural obstacles in taking care of our mental health. And so I see that a lot in my, in my community, just like I, just like I was one of them. I was in college. I was doing all the right things. I was in sports, great grades, going to work. And I was so not okay. And there wasn't really anyone I could I could talk to about it because, like I said, my, you know, we're raised where mental health isn't isn't something we really talk about, and so I I had to take care of myself with psilocybin mushrooms, and luckily that was a that was a a, a safe and effective way of helping myself out of that episode. Are you able to share these experiences with your own family? Um, you know, not yet. I I don't share them with my family yet. Um, because we are right now we're still healing from the um the passing of my brother. He passed away last in November of 2021, and he had his whole life of um most of his life was was he was very depressed and he had some drunken drug and alcohol problems and this is even more so a reason for me to be there and build uh build the bridge for for the community because i think that a lot of um lives well we all it's the same spiel we just want to help people that that need the help and that want the help but aren't quite sure how to 
step into the healing that my brother could have had was would it have been available my condolences for the passing of your brother and also i also find it so beautiful that you are able to find a way to heal through helping, through helping others <laughs> i have a little mm -hmm. one in the room but um i also would like to ask you what is it that you hope to take away from this program you're in Oh, yes. Oh, well, so many doors have already opened from me taking the program. And initially, I had spoken to some people, some coaches, and I asked them, hey, do you really think doing one of these psychedelic certifications is really worth the time and investment? And some of them said, no, not really, because all you really need is the experience. Like just go in and and uh, and help people do their retreats, be of service. Like you'll get enough experience from just working, from being present in the space. And for a bit, I was I just said, okay, yeah. Then uh, then let me just find my way into the space. I had some trouble there uh, finding the right connections. And what I'm finding from actually deciding to partake in the certification program, doors just swing open because it shows that we are actually really serious about having the professional guidance and education required to do this type of work and absolutely experience and hands-on, you know, um, space holding and guiding people are just a vital part of of learning to be a psychedelic guide or coach or integration specialist but what I, what I'm what I'm seeing by taking the vital psychedelic training program is it is so extensive in the content and there are just so many aspects of the psychedelic industry that we are taught during the program that what I would not have, I could not have even figured out my way into curating a program like that. Like for me, like you have to do a lot of, a lot of uh, DIY workshops and talks and events to get the amount of content and education and peer support that we have in the program. So I'm, I'm really, really glad that I signed up and I'm going through the program right now. With all the information you're receiving, do you feel that it compares to being a ceremony facilitator or space holder? No, I don't, I don't think it compares. Um, because being a ceremony facilitator and space holder, that is one niche of the industry is like actually doing the, the ceremony itself. Whereas the course, yes, you know, we're learning about the ethics and we're learning parts of what it takes to be in the ceremony realm the retreat realm and the different parts of that. But the program, 
also teaches us the pharmacology about several substances about there's a philosophy of psychedelics uh, course and a professor from the University of Exeter in in London taught us a class <laughs> and um, just countless there's just so many other aspects of the psychedelic industry that we learn about whereas and it's it's like it's all encompassing but also detailed Mm-hmm. What do you think is one of the most important things that you're learning that is helping you within your own family and your healing journey that you learn throughout the program? Yeah, one of the things that has helped me the most is understanding how important it is to heal ourselves in order to provide the guidance and the space holding for others. And that looks like um, making sure we're we're having therapy, making sure we have our own self-care routine, um, resting, eating well. It's like the requirements to be a good psychedelic guide and integration coach are there a lot like if you want to be a good one like you could go to a doctor that went to medical school and is like fresh out of college or you can you can go to a doctor that's been helping that's been helping families for for 10 years and that they know the dynamics of helping families in their own homes with their own illnesses so it's yeah it's it's a lot. And then another part is understanding the ethics of, of being a guide, understanding the, the boundaries and the um how would I say it? The um the boundaries and like the touch meaning. It, when it's appropriate to put your hand on someone's shoulder or having an agreement with the person beforehand about maybe allowing a hug or holding your hand if the person is having a difficult time or if they're crying intensely, you know, is it okay to hold their hand? Like there, because, yeah, I mean, just being an, in a, during a psychedelic experience, everything is so heightened and everything is so much more sensitive. Like we need these very simple agreements beforehand to understand what is okay and what is not okay, because it is easy to hurt somebody that's going through an experience unconsciously. We don't mean to hurt anybody, but sometimes holding, holding a person's hand, if they're they're having a very difficult moment. Sometimes that's still not okay. It seems that you're learning to really be gentle and tune in with people as well. Yes, definitely. Yes. And that is also somewhat of a bridge into uh, clairvoyance and intuition. And, um, and that's also another part of, of my journey is tapping into that. 
and learning how to help people without them having to verbally speak or or write or like we could just we could just feel like we would know what they need and a lot of times it's it's allowing them to heal themselves it's allowing them to have trust in themselves to be the to trust their inner healer and we're just there to facilitate the space for them to to heal themselves so I'm being involved in both the science and the spiritual aspect of it. Do you believe that they'll be joining forces together? Because I hear so many people on one end of the spectrum where they're more influenced by the spiritual side of it. And then there are programs like the ones that you're in or people who are more involved in the scientific side of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you asked that question because at our class this past Tuesday, we actually spoke about. MDMA assisted uh, psychotherapy and we were talking about the science the um yeah all of the sciencey stuff which I wasn't good in chemistry in high school so that's always a challenge for me to understand entirely but we did talk about the science part of everything and then we also talked about the what they were starting to call the woo-woo the woo-woo side of things. And there is, there is an intersection there because, um, MDMA, like it is shown to have the most impact and the highest neuroplasticity to develop changes, to change habits. But there is a part of this whole thing that is the set and setting to enable the patient to allow their inner healer to come out and resolve things like there's an iller there we have an inner healer and as much as we want to talk about the science stuff that inner healing um, topic always comes up it's like it's psychedelics and it's science but there's inner healing and that inner healing is what what is is like bridging spirituality and science because there's just something about the philosophy the physics there that we're figuring out i think a lot about that um especially with it becoming mainstream what that will look like with the resources and the availability I wonder if, you know, it will be withheld from a lot of communities because of the woo-woo, like you say, like I've heard that phrase very often. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is something to, to be careful for and for my family, especially because they're all Catholic. That is something that that I am um, that I am navigating myself because I'm very much taking this from the medical angle. Like, hey, mama, I'm I'm doing a, a a training course and I'm learning how to help people with new therapies that were illegal, but that some are plants, and we are now navigating how to help people with their mental health and other issues and pain management using these new therapies. 
And that's kind of where, that's where I am. Like, that's kind of where I cut it out. Then my parents are like, oh, wow, that's great. Good for you. You're helping people. That's all they need to hear. (laughs) (laughs) So in using your Instagram name, I feel like it's almost sometimes when we choose these names that we're going by, it's not just our representation to the world, but how we also feel on the inside. So why did you choose your Instagram name? Yes, thank you for that question. Um, I love my Instagram name because I identify a lot with my culture and I visit Mexico at least a couple of times a year and I'm very much rooted there. But I'm also, I'm also very much like a California, you know, like a typical California, you know, beach girl too. So, so having the term psychedelic in that, in that Instagram handle, the term psychedelic is American and, but bringing it into a Spanglish, the psychedelic Mexicana. It brings both parts of my identity into the same handle. So it's American by the term psychedelic. And then Mexicana is my my roots. In the future with the work that you do, what do you hope to give back to your community? Yes, I am working on forming projects. So a lot of things are in the works right now. And I'm not sure how much I can divulge, but there are a lot of, I'm seeing a lot of opportunities to have products that are accessible to my community and events and retreats that will be accessible to my community. And I also hope to bring like bring service. I hope to help other organizations that are already established that are serving communities like mine, communities like yours, and in a way that could be um, space holding, like the, the patient, um, person side of things, like being with them personally or being on a hotline, like the Fireside Project. Um, or I'm also, all of my work experience has been in operations, like bookkeeping, finance stuff. So there are a lot of, I, 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 there are a lot of opportunities um, going on. And it's just, I'm still very early in my career exploration, but I'm just happy to be in the space and in conversation with different projects to see which ones we can help flourish because we're very much still like early in this whole psychedelic industry boom. And I just want to make sure that the work that I'm doing is directly involved with um, with our, with our people that serve communities. That's why 
Oakland Haife is like big on my list to see how I can help them or the Alma Institute is um, is providing um, education for like the, the it's like a Latin kind of um, education institute. And yeah, just so many, so many um, startups, so many young organizations and young projects that are that are in the works. So we'll see. I mean, we're all very, we're all very inspired and motivated to work on our own projects and work on everyone else's projects. Um, but like at the end of the day, not everyone's going to make it. And so we need to decide like how we should, how we stick together to make, to make something really work instead of trying to do our own thing separately all the time. Yes. And I believe the work that everyone is doing now is going to be pioneering this new avenue for people who look like us and within our communities. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So one of the last questions I had for you is what does the future of psychedelics look like to you within this country? Oh boy. I hope that it does not become so regulated that we have to go through so many hoops and obstacles. Um to make sure that we have the accessibility to to our communities. Um, what I am excited for is to see how the Oregon uh, decriminalization goes through and if we can sort out Oregon and help therapists offer psychedelic assisted therapy, then I think a lot more states will follow their example and California will follow their example. And I think I think it will be more like a cannabis. I think we're following a similar path, but I think psilocybin is more, um, I feel like psilocybin is more feminine, more tender, more like a big hug and compassion. So I think things will turn out better. I believe that as well. And definitely in its feminine nature, I think with the shift of everything going on in America right now, that's why it's going to do much better than initially how cannabis did when it was introduced. I think so too. I think so too. And before I forget, there is a, for somebody like me, who is not a licensed therapist, there is a niche that we are looking into because it is possible that there may be opportunities to have a kind of psilocybin recreational space. Um, for example, in, in uh, where is it? Like somewhere in, in, a, in Amsterdam, you could walk into like a psilocybin cafe 
they'll have psilocybin like psilocybin or truffles like a treats or teas and you could just go in and have a little something to 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 snack on they'll educate you they will um, there's cozy places to sit there are books there are painting station and drawing stations so for somebody like me who isn't like a licensed therapist those kinds of like psilocybin kind of like recreational kind of bars or um, like hangout spaces, that's an opportunity too. That sounds amazing. I I look forward to seeing things like that appear in the future to normalize it and make people more comfortable with the idea of it rather than running away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, imagine imagine like instead of on a Friday evening going out to going out to a bar and like drinking alcohol and like listening to loud music and like yelling over the music to try to talk to your friend instead of going to a psilocybin space and like hanging out with your best friend and painting and just having a good time. Like I think alcohol is outdated, but we still do it so much. I think things like that will definitely start to change the the vibrational frequency that's going on right now where everybody is feeling yeah. so low most of the time. And yeah. we are supposed to have both, I believe the light and the dark within our lives. But if we could learn how to navigate through that without using substances like alcohol, it can provide better understanding and hopefully bring families back together, bring community back together. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that um, if more of us can have more exposure to it and it's just it's just a gentle step into more open conversation and expressing our care for others. Because some some families, my family personally, we don't say I love you. That's a problem. Yes. You know? So I have one more fun question for you that I would like to ask. Outside of psilocybin, what has been one of your favorite plant medicines or um, anything that you like to work with for alternative medicine? You, I'm not, well, let's see. The thing is, psilocybin is very helpful for me to practice my meditation and like calm myself and slow down but because my personality is naturally very mellow and calm what I find that works with my personality actually is uh, microdosing on on LSD yeah and I'm not sure if that's a surprise or not but it is about that lately Mm mm-hmm yeah, it really it really helps me, you know, with uh, with anxiety and with shyness and with articulating creative uh, creative ideas that I have. And part of that, you know, honestly, part of that is trauma because you know, being raised, it's like your voice doesn't count. You know, don't say something unless it's like entirely urgent or important. So it's like 
LSD helps me, allows me to speak, speak my thoughts without having so much uh, reservation. Whereas LSD brings, um, I'm sorry, whereas psilocybin brings me more into um, listening to my inner, like listening to myself. So I, I become more, more in tune with, with myself inside instead of uh, working outside of myself. Thank you. I appreciate all of your words today. And if anyone would like to connect with you, I don't know if you are open to that. How can we find you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to speak with anybody. I am an open book. And if you are especially Latino, I would love to connect and and build some projects, explore ideas. I am on Instagram, the psychedelic Mexicana. And that is the, that's the easiest way to reach me. From there, we can we can set something up. I'm happy to to chat. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us today. And my hope is that your words and your willingness to share your story, your identity, and your experience through this very old and ancient, but now new and reintegrated industry experience community that's going on right now will inspire many after you. So thank you so much for being here today. And I look forward to speaking with you again in the future. Yes, thank you so much, Taylor. I appreciate your time. Thank you. I'm glad we're here. Thank you. Thank you. All in love. So thank you again for listening to the Taylor Healing Collective podcast. Until next time, let love lead the way. Peace. Visualize my desires, I create with intention.